Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program, coming to you from our new downtown studios in beautiful Burbank, California. <laughs> no, we have not moved to California, Mark. You're going to give a false impression there. Uh, well, let me uh, revise that. Coming to you from our beautiful downstairs studios at Faithful and True. We have moved the studio down to a very nice space in our first floor. We don't call it the basement. Uh, we call it the garden level, so the... Studio is now in the garden level. It it uh, it feels quite comfortable, though. I think this is going to work out just fine. Yeah, that's right. So you know, it's a massive production, as we all know, <laughs> with a big staff. <laughs> big staff. <laughs> yeah. Where's the green room again? I don't know. We're going to have to. Uh, whose whose office is that this week? I I, I, I think it's the waiting room right out out right, uh, front right out there. here. Okay, right. help yourself to the refrigerator. That's right. Um, okay, so today we're going to continue our twelve step series. We're sorry. We missed one uh, last week. Uh, when we get to the trigger of the week later, it'll become a little bit clearer why we did. But uh, today we're at step six, which states we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. One of the principles to remember about all of this is that the steps build upon themselves. Uh, they build upon each other. So step one leads to step two and three. Two and three leads to four and five, and now four and five are leading to uh, six and seven. So, Would you uh, like me to uh, refresh the listeners in case they have stumbled across this podcast and have not heard these in order? Uh, We started out the series with number one. We admitted we are powerless over whatever our addiction, uh, whether that be sex or alcohol or whatever, that our lives have become unmanageable. Step two is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three is make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, make searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And then two weeks ago, we did admitted to God, to ourselves, and to other human beings the exact nature of our wrongs. So that brings us to step six, and as you just said, we're entirely ready to give God, have God remove all of these defects of our character. So when we think of defects of character, and they, uh, the steps are building on each other, we need to remember step four, which was our moral inventory. And our moral inventory should include anything about our defects of character. So let's just spend a moment talking about what kind of things can possibly be defects of character. Why am I laughing at myself? I have so many. Why is it hard to understand? Where do I begin? Uh, where do I begin? But I was going to challenge you today, Randy. I was okay. Thinking about this earlier, if you thought about you know, any of the defects of character that you think you'd like to work on, what would those be? Well, you gave me no uh, no lead time to come up uh, with, with that. Um, sometimes those are the best answers. Well, sometimes, yes, you know. Well, clearly understanding and knowing that I am an imperfect being, I would say that there are times that uh, I would uh, I would wish that I would have 
Maybe more patience. I, I don't patience. know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I can find myself being frustrated by uh, the lack of progress that is being made on whatever I'm dealing with uh, because I'm exercising a, a lack of, of patience. Other, th- other than that... Um, well, let's just stop there. I don't mean yeah. to put you on the spot. Yeah. I think uh, what you're saying is you know, lack of patience that... Basically, the defect of character would be impatience. That's right. That, that's what I meant by the defect. Yeah, right. right. So if you're asking God to help you with that, that would be to help you with your impatience. Now, I would say, by the way, that uh, that's one of mine. I'm certainly not a very patient person, particularly if I perceive that others are not doing things the way I would like them to or as fast as I would like them to do it. So Hurry up and get to the point. Hurry right? up and get to the point. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Randy, for just triggering me. Into my defective character. I was just revealing mine again. <laughs> yeah, cool your jets, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. But, but enough about that. So, uh, yeah, so patience is a virtue, I, you know. But uh, the, the defect that we need to be aware of and accept and own, and everything about the 12 steps is about ownership of our own junk. So, you know, uh, you and I are both today starting out by owning our impatience. I think uh, behind impatience is... Uh, definitely a defect in my character, and that is that I just struggle with lots of anxiety. I think it's built into my brain, and it was somewhat developed by my early traumas in life, but in the meantime, I do, uh, you know, uh, despite my spiritual attempts to, you know, overcome it, um, I do get anxious too often, and that's definitely the anxiety part of myself is one of my defects of character, for sure. Well, Mark, with the thousands of men that you have worked with uh, over your career, and when it comes time for you to help them identify their their weaknesses or their mm-hmm. wrongdoings, is there a common theme with guys that struggle with with uh, sexual addiction? Uh, is there one that keeps coming up uh, as you're helping these guys uh, create their list? Well, I think that anxiety would be, you know, in the top one or two things. Uh, anxiety leads to trying to manage and control your environment, your world, and other people. And that includes your spouse and significant relationships. And when we get into the management of other people, we call that codependency. So uh, another defective character that could be labeled is, in fact, codependency. And that is really uh, one of the universal things around here, not not just for, for wives. It used to be in the old days, back in the early days of the addiction treatment model, um, you know, the, the spouses and significant others are always uh, identified as being inherently codependent simply because of the fact they lived with an addict. But it's really true, and, and Karn's the founder of the field, said it also. Codependency is one of the universal criteria and characteristics of sex addiction. So, uh, so far we've listed impatience, anxiety, and codependency, those three right there. And th- those are all, <laughs> all, all pretty prevalent, aren't they? They really are. Uh, I think... One of the things we should talk about before the break would be uh, one of our defects of character would have to be what we describe as our original sin nature. And uh, what was original sin? Well, it was the sin of pride. Uh, It was the fact that Adam and Eve didn't trust God at some level to provide for them. So they disobeyed his commandments uh, because they wanted to get the fruit of the tree of knowledge. So uh, we all think we need more knowledge. We all are prideful. That is something that, according to our theology, uh, we are born with. It's inherent in our human nature. Uh, God provided us with it so that at some point we would learn to depend on him and not ourselves. Right. 
So pride is definitely a defect of character, as long as I'm rolling here. Uh, I think one of the main ones that gets worked on here when I hear six steps is uh, anger. I think anger is the expression of unmet needs. You know, when we have expectations for our needs to get met in certain ways and they're not getting met in certain ways, we have a violation of expectations and that always leads to anger at the people we think are violating our expectations. Now, it could be a, a serious defective character in terms of you know, uh, uncontrollable angry outbursts, physical violence, and all those kinds of things. But I'm just listing it as one of the possibilities of something that I need to, to ask God's help with. Well, you're right when you say that. When, when I stop and take a closer look at, uh, at even uh, impatience, impatience kind of leads right into anger uh, so many times because... Uh, when your needs or expectations aren't being met, and that kind of triggers that impatience characteristic and and uh, that frustration that things aren't moving fast enough, or or people uh, or or your spouse or whatever is not responding in the way that you want them to or anticipate that they will, uh, that it kind of leads to anger. Uh, anger and frustration uh, just seem to go hand in hand. Well, there's no spouse alive that has ever lived up to every expectation. I think that's something we all need to own. There is no perfect spouse. We need to think, uh, by the way, we're recording this on the day before Valentine's Day. So I'm reminding myself that even though I think I have a fairly perfect spouse, she certainly has other imperfections. And I need to own and accept the fact that, you know, God did not provide me with uh, Eve. You know, right, Eve before the fall. Well, I was, I was going to say, I, wasn't it Eve that uh, that recommended the apple? Well, uh, yeah, but I'm saying that uh, Eve was in a perfect state originally, and uh, we all kind of expect to marry the originally Eve. And uh, Debbie and I are actually in the process of uh, getting a book proposal approved uh, in which we're going to write about this whole topic, about the uh, quest for the perfect spouse. But uh, for now... We were talking about anger and uh, anger at other people's imperfections and inability to meet our expectations. Uh, that's definitely a character defect. Well, and when you bring up spouses, I can't help but think of the times that any of us as a husband uh, find themselves in those arguments or, or disagreements or whatever with our spouse, it's because our shortcomings are showing themselves and our wives are, are, disappointed, <laughs> are right. disappointed in us uh, in how we're responding or our lack of progress towards what they've requested. Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, <laughs> one of my first experiences, Deb's going to hate this, but... Uh, Believe it or not, given the fact that, uh, you know, we were observing certain moral boundaries and not sleep together, you know, uh, before we got married and all that kind of stuff, uh, I had never seen Deb late at night go to bed. So I had not seen her take out her contacts and get up in the morning with her glasses on. <laughs> so the first morning of the honeymoon, which, you know, the honeymoon had gone really great. <laughs> She gets up and puts on her glasses. The cold, harsh reality of married life. And I'm looking at her with her glasses on, which obviously while we're dating, she had not necessarily shown me. So not. A, so I said, what? <laughs> who are you? And <laughs> who, are, who, are, who are you and what have you done with Debbie? Uh, <laughs> well, 
Well, she quickly put in her contacts, and everything was fine. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, we should take our break well, before I tell too many other stories that are yeah, going to embarrass people. I'm going to try and try and reel you back in. I, I want to also remind you, uh, tomorrow is not only Valentine's Day, but it's Debbie's birthday. So, I mean, yeah, you, right. you, you really ought to be watching your P's and Q's today. <laughs> well, I've been uh, preparing for it, so I'm, uh, I'm well prepared. Oh, very good. Yeah. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com Now for the trigger of the week. Trigger of the week, we uh, had a, a listener write in that uh, about a trigger that I, I can certainly relate to. And uh, the trigger was being sick. And uh, here we are in the winter. A lot of people are sick with colds, flu, you know, other kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, when we get sick and we get uh, laid in bed, one of the things that I think we all long for is... Uh, to be physically comforted. Uh, mm -hmm. Oxytocin, uh, the neurochemical that's produced when we touch each other, is something that, when we're sick, I think is uh, something that uh, is really powerful. Last week, and to some extent on an ongoing basis, I'm dealing with uh, kind of a new side effect of uh, all the treatment and everything that I've been through, and that's just some gastric distress. And little did I know uh, that gastric distress can create excruciating pain uh, in your abdominal regions and even in your back. So I've been uh, uh, evaluated. I've had a CT scan, and there's nothing seriously wrong with my abdominal tract, but uh, it's kind of a just an old-fashioned uh, gas problem. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, it laid me low. There's no doubt about it. And so uh, as a trigger of the week... Uh, I think the thing for us to remember is that, you know, we do need physical comfort. And if we're not getting it in healthy ways from the significant others around us, 
we will be tempted to try to give it to ourselves. And for those of us that have had a history of addiction, you know, one of the ways we comforted ourselves historically was to masturbate, which while it was masturbating and having an orgasm and the neurochemistry of that, it was also a lot of uh, touching. So. Right. So uh, that's our trigger of the week. I was and we thank our listener for submitting, submitting that. Yeah. yeah. I was remembering now, just now as I was talking about this, that uh, when I was in graduate school studying the relationship of mind, body, and spirit, uh, that there were several studies in hospitals that showed that if the nurses would come into a patient's room and touch them for whatever reason every 15 minutes, those patients recovered faster. So one of the studies was with burn patients, and burn patients are you know, not that touchable because they've got such pain in their skin. But if the nurses came in and found some unburned patch of skin to touch, the burns healed faster. Heart patients, the same kind of study uh, on a coronary care unit. If the nurses came in and touched them, their uh, hearts uh, uh, healed faster. <laughs> that led to a study that, uh, that uh, basically contradicted the idea that if you're a heart uh, patient, uh, you shouldn't be being sexual because that's too taxing on your heart. And uh, the study proved the reverse. If you're not having sex and getting the touch of sex, it's going to be worse for your heart. So there you go out there, <laughs> those of you that are wondering about you, sexuality. Yeah, you've been looking for that proof, and now you've got it. It's good for the heart. And, uh, as Dr. Heyman says, my wife says, I have a headache. Uh, I'm, I tell her I'm just here to help. I've, I've got just what you need. <laughs> I've got just what you need. And there was a study that showed that sex that proves headaches. So anyway, uh, enough of that. I'm getting distracted again. <laughs> well, let's, let's bring you back and our listeners back to, uh, to today's uh, topic in which we're talking about step six of the 12-step program. Okay, well, the next thing I think for us to talk about or the main thing for us to talk about here in the second part is simply to invite the uh, listeners, both uh, men and women, husbands and wives, uh, guys that are listening in uh, groups, um, to make a list of uh, all their character defects. So uh, if they've done a step four, they can revert back to that. And uh, if not, uh, they can take some of the basic list that we went over earlier. But... Uh, Whatever you think are your primary character defects, pride, anger, selfishness, impatience, anxiety, and so forth, make a list. And one of the basic things is step six says became ready, doesn't it? It says became ready to ask God. We're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. So one of the ways to be ready is to uh, uh, write a list and uh, uh, not necessarily to do step seven yet, which is to ask God to remove them or to humbly ask God to remove them, but uh, at least to be willing, to be ready to understand, to accept, to own. Remember, ownership is always the key. So if you have a list, uh, I would share it with somebody. Share it with your spouse. That would be a great act of companionship. If your spouse if your spouse is out there, whatever level of embattlement you're in or uh, recovery or healing, it would be a wonderfully uh, mutual empathetic, compassionate, and ownership uh, exercise to uh, just uh, admit your uh, character defects to your spouse. You know, when we think about the early days for a lot of the couples when they're kind of into a lot of uh, argumentation and blame, you know, this exercise uh, would go a long way in helping them to uh, own their own junk. Well, it's powerful, I think, when you come right out and not only 
make the statement about our personal imperfections, but a list like this and sharing it with your spouse is going to show them that you've given this good thought, you realize that you're imperfect, and uh, and we're seeking God's forgiveness and, and strength to overcome those characteristics. The second step of the assignment would be, I think, to, to write almost what is, in fact, a vision statement uh, of what, what would you like your character to be like. Uh, one of the things I would do for this assignment is to make a list of all the people uh, that you can think of that are wonderful examples of the positive character that you'd like to emulate. Uh, I think we all have perhaps older people in our life, uh, perhaps friends, uh, that we would say, uh, that's a patient person. Uh, That's a person that doesn't struggle with anxiety. Uh, that's one of the most humble people that I possibly know. Yeah, you're describing my father-in-law. Well, there you go. See? You know. Yeah, there's part of your list. It's He's the top of my list. I mean, my parents are no longer alive, and, and despite how much I loved and admired those, you know, we're blessed to still have my father-in-law yeah. at age 83 with us, and he's just uh, the finest guy in it. There you go. See? And that's exactly the kind of emotional reaction that you're having at the at this time, Randy, that says that you're right on track there, that that's a man you'd like to emulate, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to, to know him, this, this is universal with anyone that knows him, loves him. And it's, it, it's because he's a man of pure quality and equality and kindness and God just always thinks of others first, very patient and, uh, and very generous with, uh, with his time, with his resources, with yeah. whatever you can think of, um, he is there. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right by pointing out, you know, thinking of an individual that can have that kind of impact on you, and he, he most definitely does in my life. Well, we're having what Pat Carnes would call a moment. Yes. We're having a moment. <laughs> and frequently during the show, if we're on track, if we're talking truth, uh, we have moments like this where yeah. we recognize truth. So uh, you've got a wonderful example there. What I'm saying is that, you know, uh, we're not just going to come at these things because we all of a sudden decide to. You know, we're going to have to uh, imitate somebody. Right. Uh, imitation is the ultimate form of flattery, but... Uh, we, we need to have a model. You know, That's the way we need to act. That's the kinds of things we need to say. Those are the things we kind of need to do. If we wanted to be like that, and of course AA would say, sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. So if you can act like another person who you admire, maybe eventually the character uh, builds and develops in yourself such that now you own it. Now you, you express it, then you become an example of it for other people. Right, right. Well, you know, I think of the other, the last part of the assignment is just to think, uh, start thinking about what kind of spiritual help are we going to need to get there. Maybe a simple prayer would be, God, show me the people in my life that you'd like me to be like. Uh, show me uh, good examples that I can emulate, imitate, uh, and uh, help me in my spiritual disciplines, my Bible study, my prayer, uh, to understand uh, what it's like to depend on you and uh, basically... Uh, what are the what are your character traits, Scott? You know, and maybe I should be more like you. Yeah. Well, yep. uh, that's my that's I just recognizing that as my final closing spiritual sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that's twice today that you caught me off guard. I was not quite ready for the closing statement, but but uh, but it's uh, 
it's a it's a great statement and a, and a relevant one. Well, I don't think we can surpass the moment you had. I think I've already given the assignment. I think it's up to our listeners to go off and uh, do the work. That's what the 12 steps are about. It's about doing work. It's about making lists. It's about owning things. It's about sharing things with other people. So make your lists, uh, and uh, we'll talk next week about the next step. All right. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope that uh, today's message strikes a chord with you and uh, gives you uh, some marching orders for this next week. We hope that uh, the coming week will be a week for you that's filled with great blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.